My name is Jamie Hutchison. I'm the Lifespan and Family Services Coordinator at the MSU Work-Life Office. So we do a session on flexible work arrangements as a team, and that's a, a presentation that we give to units or we give here, and that talks about different ways to flex work, how to create a flex work proposal. It gives information for supervisors and employees looking to flex work. Flex work means changing your hours or having some telecommuting, things like that. Our other presentation is called Building Your Best Colleague. Uh, we go out into units and we talk to people about how to strengthen their collegial work environment, how to be better colleagues to one another, strengthen their internal community, and also to look at what types of support are needed for us to feel whole. And we um, do those presentations also at units and uh, departments. And then we have a work-life fit presentation that talks about um, balancing all multiple priorities, which is throughout this one. And then I have a few different stress management ones. I'm also going to be putting together one that sounds like our friend from Wharton Center would really benefit from um, on grounding strategies, ways that we can ground ourselves and kind of de-stress. There is a little bit of overlap on a few of the slides. When we talk about work-life fit, we always talk about stress and how it affects your health. And then um, there's a few tips that work for both, but they have a lot of different content as well. All right. So with that, we're going to get started. Um, I'm curious, when you look at the picture that we have on the front screen, what comes to mind? What do you, what do you think this person is, is thinking right now or feeling? Well, it looks super relaxing, but I'm very confused why he's dressed up in a suit. <laughs> so it's very contradictory to me. It does. It does. I agree. So that's why I picked it for managing stress at work because he looks like he either just came from work or he's contemplating work. So if I work somewhere beautiful like that, I used to live in Colorado. I sure could see myself taking a, a break like that and checking out the scenery. Actually, I do that here at Michigan State. Uh, just in case you didn't know, it feels like we work in a national park. So I do take walks and take time to reflect. Um, so hopefully that's what he's doing. Hopefully they're all positive thoughts. So we're going to talk about managing stress at work. We're going to talk about stress in your health, which is very important. Assessing your stress, which is why John sent the link to the lifestyle survey. Um, the main thing I want to talk about about the lifestyle survey is you don't have to share your scores. But on the back, it talks about your score and how vulnerable you are to health issues. So if you scored a 0 to 24, congratulations. You're only slightly vulnerable due to your stress level to other types of health issues. 25 to 49, you're somewhat vulnerable. 50 to 75, you're seriously vulnerable. And above 75, you're extremely vulnerable. This is taken from the stress audit vulnerability scale. I have more in-depth, actually, surveys. If anyone's interested, I could send that to you. This is just giving you an example of how our stress and our health tie together. So that's a little bit about kind of assessing where we are, helps us know where we're going. We're going to talk about managing stress, work-life fit, relaxation and resources. So stress can be responsible for 80% of illness. And if you think about certain um, diseases or health issues or ailments, we know that stress can increase the prevalence of complications. So for example, if you think of someone with diabetes, stress can affect your sugar levels. If you think of someone with cardiac or blood pressure or cholesterol problems, stress could be an indicator to make those things worse. Um, someone that ha suffers from stomach issues, stress can make that worse. If you have migraines, stress can make that worse, right? So it's important for us to know about our stress and how to manage it. 
um, or it can have really great effects on our health. Doctor's visits, 70 to 90% of doctor's visits are due to stress. And we know that stress can be positive, right? Can anyone give us an example of a positive stressor? Getting married, um, getting a promotion at work. These can all be positive things, but they also come along with stress. So we want to be mindful that stress doesn't only come from things like loss or grief or losing a job. They also can come from positive things. So it's important to keep in mind. But we know that the certain amount of balance of positive stressors help us. They can motivate us. If I have a deadline, that could be stressful, but I'm also going to make sure that I meet that deadline. We started this presentation at 9 today. I needed to make sure everything was ready to go by 9 o'clock. And everybody has stress. So the, the image there is 100%. 100% of people have stressors. We all have them for different reasons. And through our lifespan, they happen for a variety of different reasons, many of which are outside of our control. Stress is, of course, as everybody probably knows, your body's reaction to a perceived threat, the physical, mental, and emotional reactions resulting from change and demands. Change and demands. I heard change in leadership. I heard demands of school and work. I heard I want to relax. Um, so change and demands. Every event that forces us to adjust. So I want to do some crowdsourcing. I'm going to bring up our Zoom folks on here, too. Um, I want to know how you know when you are stressed. Our bodies tell us, our behaviors, our actions tell us. So I definitely try to walk every single day, John will tell you. I do think that it helps me personally, but also there's a lot of research that shows physical activity for 15 minutes or more will help reset your brain. That being in nature stimulates your five senses, which allows you to reset. A lot of people say, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I can't, I can't take a break. But really, if they take that 15-minute break, they're going to be more productive and effective the rest of the day. Um, here are some classic signs of stress that many of you mentioned. Headache, backache, irritability. So do you ever like think like, oh my gosh, I can't believe someone just stepped on my foot. Like that would never be a big deal. But when you're so stressed out, even the littlest things are more irritating. And most of us take that out on the people closest to us. Usually the people that live in our home, our family, or other people that live with us. Or sometimes it's the people that spend the most time with us, so it can be at work. I'm sure we can all think of supervisors we've had in the past where when they get stressed out, they get a little bit short. Um, some people get sweaty palms or pulse rate increases. We all, a few of us talked about exhaustion, losing our temper easily. Um, I think it was Betsy or Andrea, no, Lindsay that mentioned a stiff neck. Uh, rapid breathing and upset stomach, several of us mentioned that, and difficulty concentrating, which is what you were mentioning. It's like hard to concentrate and get our thoughts straight. So these are classic signs of stress. These are how many people will know that they're stressed. It could be different from you. Some people get migraines. I mean, there's all different types of ways that you need to learn for yourself what they are, because recognizing that you're stressed is the most important first step we can have. So I tell this story, which is a similar story from another presentation, but there was a news crew that was coming to talk to people over 100 years old and asked, what is the secret to success for living to 100 years old? So they went to one woman's door, knocked on the door and said, what do you think the secret is of why you've lived to be over 100 years old? And she said, you know what, I'm going to need just a few minutes. And they said, okay, what's going on? She said, unfortunately, my daughter passed away yesterday. And they said, oh, no, we can reschedule this. We don't have to do that now. And she said, no, no, it's okay. I'm so grateful 
that I got over 60 years with my daughter in my life. So the reason I'm bringing up that story is that longevity, people that live a long time have good coping skills. It's not how stressed they are. I mean, I was reading a story this morning about a young woman who was homeless and now she's at Harvard Medical School. Think of all the stressors that she had. It's her ability to cope and be resilient and find ways to do self-care, community care, take care of each other that affects our our health the most. So if you know that you're the type of person that keeps everything in, let it pile up, let it pile up, let it pile up. I'll handle it myself. I'm not talking about it. I'm not doing anything about it. I can handle this. I got this. That can be the most detrimental. And then there's those people who let have ways to let it out. We want to do that in healthy ways and find ways to balance that. So this came out of the Center for Disease Control, Work Stressors and Health Outcomes. And so you can see the common work stressors that lent to the most negative health outcomes. And under psychological stressors, it was people who have jobs with high demands. So I want you to think about yourself, your job. You feel like you have high demands. Do you have low job control? Meaning you don't have a lot of say over what happens. Do you have social isolation? where you're working away, working away, and you're not interacting with others a lot. Um, Is there an effort and reward imbalance? means I worked my butt off. I worked extra hours. I worked through lunch. And yet, there's really not a lot of recognition of that. Is there a danger potential? We have people on campus that use heavy equipment or people that work in kitchens or people that work in labs, where that could be a potential. Um, Under schedules, shift work. So my spouse, when he was in the military, did two days, two mids, two evenings, right? That kind of schedule can be hard if you're working night shifts when everybody else is working a different shift or if you're switching shifts. Also long work hours. I hear this a lot from our faculty and also from some folks that do a lot of remote work or on call may have long work hours. Physical demanding jobs. I want you to notice the first thing listed under physical job demands is sedentary work. Sedentary means sitting, right? They say sitting is the new smoking, meaning that sitting too much is causing the most health effects to our workforce. Um, So it's not only for physically demanding where you have heavy, heavy physical exertion, it's also for those who sit too much. So recommendations to um, combat that are to make sure you're at least standing up for 30 seconds an hour, stand up, move around. Also, if you're doing heavy physical work, um, it's really important to stretch before and after your shift. It'll help prevent injury, which causes a lot of stress. So if you're a nurse and you're on your feet all the time, eventually, that's something you want to think about. Even before in my chorus, my women's chorus, we stretch before we start singing. We get our bodies ready, right? So it helps to prevent injury. So think about that. What kind of work environment do you have? Are you around any toxic chemicals? Well, we already smoke free campus now. That helps all of us. But if you work in labs or if you work in heavy equipment, if you work, I don't know, I think we had someone from extension, possibly they could be having uh, outdoor work, you want to think about what type of um, toxic chemical you may be around, and your environment. Um, I know we have someone here from IT. Sometimes now there's those open cubicles where everybody can hear everybody, and even though there's recommendations not to use speakerphone or, or not to have personal conversations between the cubes, that can often still happen. So noisy environments, like let's say you worked at Spartan Stadium or you worked in recreation sports, that could be noisy. Uh, too hot or too cold, and a lack of access to healthy foods. These are all the things that the Center for Disease Control and this previous source here found were the most detrimental to health outcomes. 
So I want you to all just take stock of this and to think of this. John will make all these slides available after. Um, also share this with your supervisors. Share this with your people you work with. We do come out and give these presentations to units. So if you have a staff meeting, I can get this done in an hour. So there was another study done about top 11 workplace stressors. And you'll notice it was from all different walks of life and different jobs and careers. Um, some of them will affect us, some others wouldn't. So deadlines, that's the top number one stressor is deadlines. So if you have multiple competing deadlines or deadlines that are really um, come to you at short notice, that can be a top stressor. Some of these are kind of obvious. So if you're a police firefighter, something like that, life of another at risk is very stressful. Competitiveness, this could happen in any work or office environment. Physical demand, so being a nurse, very physically demanding, um, for sure. So recreation, sports, and fitness could be as well. Working in the public eye. So we know that MSU is under quite the microscope right now. A lot of people are looking to see how MSU responds to things that have happened on our campus. Working in that public eye can be very stressful. Lack of growth potential. I believe I hear this most from people at MSU. I feel stuck. I've been here a really long time. And so we want to think about that feeling. Um, I do individual career consultations. So if that's something you want to talk about one-on-one, -on -one, I'm happy to do that. If you have your life at risk, if hazards are encountered, if you're meeting with the public, how many of you meet with students or faculty or staff on a regular basis? That's number nine most stressful thing, followed by travel and environmental conditions. And again, environmental conditions could be too hot, too cold, too much vibration, too much noise. When I worked at James Madison College, I was there one summer during a major construction, and I thought, wow, I can totally see how this is an additional stressor, even if it's in the background and you get used to it. The dust, the sound, and all of that is an extra stressor. And then I pulled this quote out. I thought it was really interesting. Those working in education, so that's all levels of education, reported higher stress levels in healthcare workers, with 88.9% of education employees reporting a stress score of seven or higher on a 10-point scale. So a lot of the reasons that people working in education some of it is not a lot of resources. Some of it is high demands. And then we have the other things you're looking at here. Deadlines, competitiveness, if you're talking about faculty um, or people that are writing grants, things like that. And you see a lot of these working with the public, traveling, deadlines, working in the public eye, all of those things on top of oftentimes feeling under-resourced. Does anybody have any feedback or any questions on Zoom, John? Anybody in the room have any questions? Okay. We talk about work-life fit, not balance. Balance is very reactive, right? If my boss says, hey, I need you to get this done by five today, I can't control that, right? I have to leave today at three o'clock. If she said, I need you to stay at 3.30, that would be a huge issue for my life outside of work, right? So some things happen to us that we can't affect that balance because they're out of our control. And it's, we prefer work-life fit because it's an action verb, meaning we can do something about it. So maybe last night I had to get Chinese food because I got home late and that's what we had for dinner. But this weekend I can have time to make a really nice healthy dinner for my family. It's about fitting things in that we want to fit in. Um, I got my steps in yesterday. I did not get them in the day before. So now this weekend I want to make sure I get steps in, right? It's about having it fit in and not feeling like I failed yesterday because I didn't get my walks or no yesterday the day before. <laughs> so it's strategic instead of reactive. 
There are a lot of work-life fit tips. I do have a whole presentation where we go into these at length. Um, we talk about each one of them and we talk about them more in depth. But you want to play to your strengths knowing if you're a morning person or a night person. You know that if you do things better in a quiet environment or an interactive environment. Prioritizing your time is really key. Knowing your peaks and lows. For me, it's about 2 o'clock every day. Or I'm like, oh, that's a good time to walk around the building, walk to Beaumont Tower. I'm here in Linton Hall. So that's a little five-minute walk to help kind of wake you up, recharge, know when those things are. Make sure to plot personal time, time for you throughout your day. Um, try to have set work hours and stick to them. Meaning I could be answering all the emails after I leave, but I know they can wait until the next morning, right? Find time for your finances. Finances are listed as one of the number one stressors for people in general, not necessarily work stress, but stressors overall. Make your workspace work for you. This is really important to me. Um, I have in our fridge, I have healthy snacks that I can grab whenever I need them. Um, yesterday, I didn't end up having time for lunch, but I had cheese in the fridge. I had peanut butter. So that was fine. I didn't go without, right? Also, I have all of my chargers at my desk. So if my Fitbit tells me it's low, I can charge it right there. If I'm using my phone a lot, maybe even to check email, I can make sure it's charged. What type of things do you need around you? John has a standing desk that he uses, and that really works well for him. He likes to stand. And a turntable with um, <laughs> classic vinyl albums. Yes, and a turntable with classic vinyl albums and a putter. A little, a little putter. So yeah, make your workspace work for you. I have a getaway wall, I call it. If you ever come into my office, you'll see pictures of my favorite places and a lot of water because I can turn to that and kind of have a little meditation or visualization around what it would like to be at Lake Michigan or what it would be like, right? Tap into technology. So they're sharing, you can share calendars with people in your life, grocery lists. We can make things more efficient. I make exercise a must. And exercise, they say the average person does not even get 30 minutes of continual exercise a day. And that's what is causing so many health issues. And so I have it set for it to show me when I get my 30 minutes of exercise. And they say even breaking it up into 15 minutes and 15 minutes. I like to do more. I like to go to the Mac. I like to swim. If I don't get that done, I want to get the minimum for myself and my health. And that is at least 30 minutes of even walking a day. So make time for that. Um, make, uh, know and nurture your network. We talk about that a lot in building your best colleague, how you can form a supportive network for yourself. Try to be realistic. So I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. So I'm not going to say between when I leave at three and five o'clock, I'm going to get 20 things done. That's not realistic, but I can say, oh, I'm going to get these three things done. That is realistic. And take time off. We get vacation time and personal time for a reason. We get lunch breaks for a reason. And even those things that break away from work will help you be more effective. So when you're thinking about preparing this and showing this to your supervisor or your boss or your boss's boss, if you are a supervisor or your team, we went and looked for best practices in addressing overall well-being in the workplace. This came from the Center for Disease Control on the last slide. The first um, link links to all, a lot of this information that I used. So the first thing is a workforce where diversity is valued. We talk about that. The new president has talked about that. And it's important that you are valued for who you are, your skill set, your race, your ethnicity, your gender, your sexual orientation, 
um, your identity, your culture, but also are you an introvert or an extrovert? Are you a morning person or an afternoon person? Can you feel free to be yourself at work and share ideas in a safe environment? Um, healthcare that treats mental illness with the same urgency as physical illness. So it's important that we understand that mental illness or mental health issues affect everyone at some point in their life. We're talking about stress, right? That affects everybody. If that turns into anxiety, depression, other health issues, um, then we're at a different level. It's important to know that uh, most of our healthcare policies do a great job covering counseling and therapy and substance abuse treatment and things like that. And then we'll talk about EAP in a minute. Programs and practices that promote and support employee health, wellness, and work-life balance. I believe the person then here from Extension does just that too, talks about employee health and wellness. And they mention work-life balance. That's our office. It's like, wow, I highlighted that, John, just for us. So important that your workplace and your supervisors bring in this type of programming to allow employees to know what services are available to them and to get some reminders around stress and colleagues. Training for managers and supervisors in mental health workplace issues, including identifying problems and processes for referral and evaluation. So people have that mental health first aid, as they call it. They know what to look for and when to know that someone isn't behaving the way that they used to. So they can provide them referrals and resources. It's not expected that the managers assist with that, but that they know where to refer and what things to look out for. Protection for the confidentiality of employee health information, right? That's HIPAA. An employee assistance program, EAP, a work-life office, or other appropriate referral resources to assist managers and employees. That's us, half of that. EAP is right down the hall. EAP is the employee assistance program. You can have six sessions of counseling, free and confidential, per incident that happens in your life. So tell your colleagues about this. It is also for family members or eligible insurance eligible individuals, which means my daughter could go there, my spouse could go there, I could go with my spouse or with my daughter. So that's a great resource. Work-life office, we do consultations, one-on-one -on -one consultations and referrals, which means if someone, including supervisors or workers, are dealing with any issue, they can come to us and say, hey, do you know any resources for X, Y, or Z? I want to talk about my career. I want to talk about time management, my family, and my work-life balance. Those are things that um, we do consultations on on a regular basis. For those in the room, you have a brochure called Working at MSU. That gives you an overview of all the different things that we do. And we can make sure to um, email people that are on Zoom as well or message them. Support for employees who seek treatment or require hospitalization, such as disability leave and planning for a return to work. So making sure that if someone has to go on short-term disability or if they're using FMLA to take care of someone else or to take care of themselves or if they're having a surgery, that they're really supported and they have a plan to help them return back to the workplace. And then regular communication and education around health and wellness and similar topics that promote a climate of acceptance that reduces stigma and discrimination in the workplace. If you have ADHD, you can request an accommodation here through RCPD. If you have anxiety or depression, you can work with RCPD to talk about the Resource Center for Persons with Disabilities, to talk about how to work your supervisor. If you were a survivor of sexual assault or violence and you have PTSD or you want your desk to face a certain way, these are all things that 
good education to managers and supervisors will help them support. So we know that one in four people struggling with anxiety or depression, we want to make sure that our workplaces reduce that stigma and build supportive environments. One, listening to your colleagues. And I think we learn so much by listening, so much. And really listening with an open heart and an open mind, which means listening without judgment, right? So if we're already formulating what we're going to say in response, we're not listening with an open heart and open mind. We want to really look at the person, listen to what they're saying. This is huge for being open to learn about other people, open to learn what an issue really is, learning it goes back to communication. Um, That's definitely a key. I just spent two days in a diversity, equity, inclusion um, training, two Saturdays, they were eight hours each through my women's chorus. And one of the things that was emphasized is that really listening helps us learn, right? And it definitely helps us learn someone's perspective. Then you mentioned continuing education. So I want to say, I'm clapping, bravo to everybody here, because you're saying, I want a refresher. I want to learn something. So you're open open to learning. How can I help myself or my team or my colleagues or my department? Or how can I learn new things? And then you mentioned continuing education. One of the things we talked about earlier as a stressor is feeling stuck. And many times out of that, to think of a new career, you can be open to continued education continued training, continued higher education, continue to read articles, continuing to put yourself out there and join a committee, learn new skills. So that was great. Thanks so much. We have helping eating habits. So the only thing I drink is water. So I call that a big win. Um, That's something I do to stay healthy. Uh, A balanced lifestyle. I have a whole presentation on work-life fit if you want to hear more about that. Um, Higher power. For some people, this is their faith or their spirituality. For other people, it's meditation. For others, it's taking a walk in nature. Whatever it is that centers you, that can be a good way to defy stress. Recharging your batteries. So I mentioned that I was out sick two days ago. I was up all night with some stomach stuff, no fun. And I could have dragged myself into work the next day, maybe. I wasn't sure when I woke up. Um, But I knew that I didn't get sleep. I didn't know what it was. And I really needed to take that time to get some sleep and recharge my batteries, or I really wouldn't be good to anybody else. So taking that time, listening to our bodies, listening to our our, um, mental health, and really taking time to do that. People do that in a lot of ways. Yoga, walks, time with friends, um, sharing a meal together, cooking, baking, drinking wine. I've heard it all. (laughs) People have different ways. Um, Asking for help. So this is a time when we have resources available, asking people for help. That could be asking a colleague. So I asked John when I was out sick, I had everything printed off for yesterday morning's presentation, which was offsite. And I was able to say, hey, John, can you help me out since you're going as well? Would you mind bringing all the materials on my desk? So that saved me having to come in and park and get the stuff and then unpark and then go across campus and park again, right? So I could have done that. But instead, I knew that asking John for help would allow me to have less stress, wasn't a huge burden on John, but also gave me time to answer my emails from the day before, making sure that you do all the things we just talked about. Um, These are the six R's. So when you talked about ways for stress relief, um, responsibility, so establishing priorities, saying no, reflection, we talked about that a bit, relaxation, we've talked about relaxation already, Maintaining supportive relationships. I do a whole focus on that and building your best colleague. 
um, and improving the relationship with yourself, which was this last one, appreciate yourself, refueling. So when we're stressed out, oh, I don't want to cook. I'm just going to go through the drive-thru. That's not what your body needs, right? Or if you're going to go through a drive-thru, go through Panera. Like at least, right? Try to refuel your body with positive things, especially when you're stressed. It's a challenge. I know. I have been known to uh, cope with pizza. I get it. Once in a while, that's really okay. Cut myself some, show myself some uh, empathy. And then recreation. Make sure you're laughing and having fun and enjoying your hobbies. Yes, you can't control the situation, but we can control how we react to it. And we can practice. Practice that. Sometimes I take a deep breath before I say, where's your jacket? Right? Let's not make a bigger deal out of it. That's just today's example. We all have them. It was found. It was in the lunchroom. Everyone says to me, I'm too busy. I have too much stress. I don't have time to take a break. And I say, not so fast. We all have time. So we can do it right now. I want everyone to kind of sit loose in your chair. Like, don't, you know, don't worry too much about your posture. Just kind of sit loose. Let your hands dangle and your feet dangle. Stretch our necks a little bit. So just taking 30 seconds to do that, self-care, and it will allow you to be mindful. Am I leaning forward into my computer? Oh, I feel that in my back and my neck. So having that mindfulness, if John's like, I've been standing all day and my feet hurt, I need to take my shoes off for a bit, right? Or lower my desk. Um, yeah. Stretch, we can do it right at our desk. We can do some stretches that will help us. It'll help us take a little break. Take deep breaths. No one can tell me you don't have time to do this. Count to five, taking deep breaths in. Count to five, taking deep breaths out. You get too busy and you forget, use Outlook and sell yourself a reminder. <laughs> yep. Mine used to say, stand up. Every 15 minutes, stand up. Yeah. Right? Set yourself a reminder. Call a friend for a quick hello. Sometimes on my walks, I make phone calls. Unclench your jaw. Someone mentioned that's how they found their stress. Hum a tune. Poor John, I'm practicing my choral music, so he's hearing the same music through my wall. <laughs> but I also try to do that in my headphones on my walks. But humming a tune uh, really helps. By the way, if you're in the Linton Hall elevator singing, people can hear you. I learned this last week. Um, raise your arms up over your head. It changes. It lets you stretch and elongate. Walk up and down the stairs. So to, instead of the elevator, maybe use the stairs. Go for a walk. If you have to use the restroom, take a walk around the building. Use the restroom or in the other order. And don't forget to smile and laugh. So we talk about happiness shocks. If you think cat videos are hilarious, watch them for a minute. If you think um, watching puppies try to, watching a giraffe try to walk is hilarious, watch it. If you think gymnasts practicing and falling is funny, watch it. Is there something that makes you smile or laugh? I want to briefly talk about resources. I talked about the MSU Work-Life Office and Employee Assistance Program already. You all know that you have academic HR or HR. HR wants me to remind you about Elevate You. Elevate You is open to all at MSU, and it is free continued professional development training you do online at your own pace. And also, they want me to remind you that you have professional development funds, so use them. Health for You is an awesome unit right across the hall from us. They have walking maps. They're the ones that run Tai Chi by the Student Services Building or Rest with Music. Please check out their website and see what they have that is available to you. The MSU Work-Life Office does a ton of things, which is why I gave you all the handout, and we'll make sure those of you online get it. And I want to leave you with this thought as you fill out your evaluations and set your goals. When you manage your stress and work towards work-life fit, everybody wins.
So thank you so much for spending your time with us today. So I recommend everybody set a goal. I mean, if you want to walk more, if you want to reconnect with friends, if you want to share this information with somebody, whatever your goal is, it's if we write it down, we're that much more likely to accomplish it. If we talk about it, we're even more likely to accomplish it. If somebody follows up with us and we haven't accomplished it, we can talk out why that is. Um, so that's why we have the goal setting. And like John said, it's, we don't make anybody do anything. We want you to have this as a value to yourself. And I want you to think about how you can reduce your stress. And if you have a unit that you work with that you want us to come out and present to, please get in touch with us and we will get you scheduled.